0: First, a special message from our sponsors. We wanted to let you know that we are highly selective when it comes to our sponsors. We only collaborate with businesses that align with our values and what we truly believe in. Today's episode is made possible by Gallery 101, a remarkable art gallery nestled in the heart of Basalt, Colorado. Gallery 101 is co-owned by the talented twin artists Ingrid D. Maggotson and Sybil Hill Carter, who together form a dynamic and influenced female force in the art world. Their extraordinary artwork has graced galleries across the nation to explore their captivating creations and learn more about ingrid and sybil's artistic journey visit their website at www.gallery101basalt.com again that's www.gallery101basalt.com now let's get back to the podcast hi Irina. how are you i'm good welcome back to moments that define us welcome back
1: We are excited because we are in a magical place today recording episode with very special people.
0: Yes. And should we tell them about the adventure that as, as driving here? Yeah. That we went through coming here. Yeah. So
1: me and Bella drove from Denver to Carbondale, Colorado. That's where we at. And when we drove, we left what about like twenty minutes out of Denver? And we hear this noise. Pop! And Isabella said, well, let me stop the car. Also, Isabella is driving 1,800 minivan that needs to be replaced ASAP.
0: Excuse me? I love that thing. (laughs)
1: So she gets out of the car, and we have a flat freaking tire. And none of us know how to change the tire.
0: Yeah. Did did you know? No. So I'm on FaceTime. We're on FaceTime with my dad. We're on the side of a highway. There's, like, semi-trucks screaming by. Yeah. One of the semi-trucks stops, and this guy, like, comes out of nowhere, and he's like, do you ladies need some help? And and
1: so this guy does the thing, changes the tire, and then – and we were on a road within, what, 10 minutes?
0: Yeah. Yeah, so it's – And it was, it was funny because I feel like they're so – I have so much expectations that I thought he was going to murder us. So I have pepper spray and I like put it in the front seat <laughs> as he was changing the tire. And I was like, it's open. It's ready to in, launch. In case. Yeah. And yeah, but he was just a nice guy trying to help. And it's just incredible that most humans are good humans. And
1: yeah, there I feel like there's so much bad in the world that we hear, right? Because it's so loud. But then it was just nice gesture from human to human, right? He stopped, he helped us. And um, it was really nice. It was really nice. So it would restore my hope in humanity.
0: Exactly. And speaking of humanity, should we tell them what we have going on today?
1: So we have a very special ladies today on a podcast. They are an amazing, accomplished artist that bring so much joy to the world. And Bella and I are lucky to know them personally. They are—they co-own um, an art gallery in Basalt, Colorado. They also are very loving mothers and sisters, and they are very involved in the art community. And they are also twins. And who doesn't love a good pair of twins? Right. Aww, <laughs> that's so sweet. We're going to have fun. So please welcome to Moments That Define us some of our favorite people. Favorite twins. <laughs> favorite twins, Ingrid D. Maggotson and Sybil Hill-Carter. Welcome, ladies. Thank you.
2: We're so happy to be here. Thank you for having us. This is going to be so much fun.
0: So you guys own Gallery 101, yes. an art gallery. How do you balance the roles of being an artist while also... Owning a gallery,
2: you just um, each day I start fresh with. For me, I begin my day with a meditation. It helps ground me and balances me for the whole day, and a little yoga in the morning, and um, that. And then I go either in my studio, but to have the gallery is just Sybil and I aren't there full time, so it's something that we we meet collectors. It's more of a showroom, if you will, and. Um, but the balance comes with within. Um, you don't, I don't get stressed out um, during the times I'm there. I'm grateful to have the collectors come and visit us. And um,
0: That's awesome. I feel like most stores and things are expected to be full-time and all of that. but So we're not retail. Yeah, and you don't need to have things open full-time in order to be successful. And you're just part-time, and that's amazing. But yeah, what do you think,
2: Sybil? I think that it was a it was a new um, addition to our life and our lifestyle. So we, since opening it three years ago, um, it, it added a little stress, but we learned how to balance it. This is year three, and it really turned out to be, for both of us, um, a, an incredible success. I sold uh, s- about six large paintings out of the gallery. Ingrid sold an incredible amount, and it was just kind of like it just happened by the third year. The first two years were tough trying to figure out our schedule. We didn't know what we were going to do. We just we bought the place as an investment on the river. We wanted to be close to this space that represented, you know, a, kind of the zen feeling and something that honoring our father. But and and now three years in, um, it's a balance. It's and the balance seems healthy enough where we go in only on Sundays. And we did that. We chose that day is the it's the farmers market and basalt. So we want to be there for the for the the people that are walking by the river. Um, what's happened is we 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 decide to go in when we feel like it during the week also like ingrid said to meet clients but um it's become busier people are loving being outdoors and along this path so it's it's growing and the town of basalt is changing right now they're doing all this construction yeah so it's just upgrading and so as it grows our business is growing i mean we actually did list it for sale we were thinking okay maybe this might be too much but then we withdrew the withdrew that because we're like it was just amazing the walk, people that would walk by in the window we have all the information to get a hold of us so it's, it's become an investment and in, in a place where we hang our art that we paint from home and, and more importantly we said this the other day we love getting together on Sundays, and Sybil and I always like to collaborate. She brings some of her new pieces, and I'll bring some of my new pieces in, and we just love being together, because that's what you said to me the day. You go, we I don't want to give this up, because it's such a beautiful energy, and it is evolving into something really profound, because collectors are finding us in its word of mouth, which we love. Yeah, we, we kind of decided not to do any major advertising. We've been approached, and we just said, you know what? let's just let this grow kind of naturally and and it's best for us too. It's what we can balance being moms, being at home, you know, being married, having our husbands, the house, you know, the, the, our pets, those all, everything that we, we have in our lives, you know, we want to give a hundred percent to and, and love to and, and, and it's just this, finding a balance. Yeah, That's the galleries balance. become that too. It, it was it was a struggle at first. But we also because so we discussed it because we had decided in the beginning, oh, let's hire someone to to run the gallery. But we wanted to be there because it's our work that we're representing, and we said, why does it have to be a retail space? Why do we have to be there? You know, twenty four seven. Well, seven days a week. Yeah. And so we, we said let's go in one day a week during the summer, and so it's evolving. And and we have we meet with people privately, and that makes the co- the collector. And the people that's viewing the artwork makes them feel really special. Um, I so, think we're creating what we want. And in doing yes. so, the clients are saying, okay, it's kind of like on our terms, what works for us. And so the clients are kind of abiding by that, saying, okay, oh, they're only there on Sundays, so we'll go in on Sundays. Or we have to do it by appointment. And we're more than happy to go in like on a Wednesday or a Monday, which, I, which has happened so many times this past summer. And meet the clients, and are in you the know. winter time too, as well. Yeah, in the winter. I mean, all year round. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're having we're having fun.
1: It's amazing. Like, there's so many beautiful things you said, but you said we are doing something in our own term, right? Because there's always this idea about how to do certain things, and you have to do X, Y, and Z. But you're doing B, D, and C, you know, and it's working for you, and it's <laughs> I like that, and it's yeah, and it's amazing. Another thing I really love what you said is that you're growing naturally, right? You're growing from from word to mouth, and me and Isabella talk also about this, how you know we also wanted to grow naturally because if you become, if something happens really fast, it goes up really fast, go go down right. really fast too. So. Yeah. Um, Another question I wanted to ask you, you said you opened this gallery to honor your father. And I know that both of your parents are artists. Your mom is a fiber artist, and your dad was an abstract artist, right? So can you can you talk a little bit about growing up with your parents and artists and how that inspire you and your
2: creativity? Wow, that's a great question. That's just such a beautiful question because it's so, so vast. Let me just interject something because the gallery... When we were buying, it, we loved the sound of the river. And our father used to do landscape art. In other words, he would go for walks up here in the mountains. He lived here for a while, and he would find a stone or a, or a branch, and he would lay it down. And the next time he'd go for a walk, he continued to create these beautiful sculptural, nat- natural sculptural elements into the earth. And when after you know many many walks in a certain area, you, we, he would bring us say, "Look at this sculpture I made." from just collecting work and just building it up. It was so beautiful. So when we bought, we, he loved to go into the river and he would sit on a rock and just sketch, you know, the landscape and the river. So that was all, that, that how it resonated. And I'm grateful that my twin, Sybil, saw the space. And she's the one that said, you have to come and see this. I'm thinking about getting it. And I looked at it and I looked at her and I said, boy, oh boy. I said, if you want, if you're interested, I would love to go in this with you. And then, you know, a couple days I'm later. I'm so happy. She said, do you, you know what, I, I think so I can't happy. do it without you. And I said, okay, I'll do it with you. So, I'm sorry. So, But the evolution, you can talk more about growing up with mom and dad, you know, the artist. Oh, yeah, growing up in the household, you know, mom and dad were, were total um, beatniks from New York. So not many people understand. I mean, mom was always wearing her black turtleneck and dad was studying and teaching at NYU and New York. Mom's Jewish, Dad's Protestant. They eloped, ran, you know, got married, and then moved to Dallas. Um, so here, here they are, you know, growing up, growing up with this like cool artist who are playing great music. You know, Dad showing at the Dallas Museum, and then on top of that, raising a family of four. It was like, what is he going to do besides showing art? Um, he started creating incredible art. He'd be in the garage. I'd go with him. And we'd join Dad in the in the studio, watch and learn. Um, we were, it was a business and it was also, um, intense, more intense for him. I mean, Ingrid and I kind of was in the back seat watching this, watching our father who was so passionate and wanted this so much, um, and probably didn't achieve the success financially to take care of four of us. So Ingrid, I mean, Ingrid can tell the story. We watched our father. Yeah. One time he burned his work. We were about in second grade and as a young child, it's hard to digest all that. And I remember then, sorry, I get all emotional. It was like. I'll never become an artist. Yeah, we're like, it was yeah, like, we're not going to do this. Oh my it's God, so it's so dark and intense. And, and I thought, and he's you know, he couldn't do what he loved doing and support a family. And so and he started burning all of his art one afternoon. Ingrid and I were and hanging out. He was out. so sad. So we, was on, we were actually outside on this um, swing. It was in Allen, Texas. He he always had little properties. He was very he was very entrepreneurial in business. Like he did yeah. own properties again. Inger and I buying this property, Gallery 101, is kind of following in dad's footsteps. He, he was always looking out for real estate, and he had great in, ideas of investments. He'd buy low and sell high. So, yeah. you know, on top of being an artist, he was um, a really um, smart businessman. Th- you know, sense. Yeah. yeah. And so we watched that. But it's funny because Inger and I both were like, we grew up going, there's no way we could be artists. And the irony is, is that once we became artists, finally, we both took that path we've had more freedom and success and financial success, you know, I Dinner dare say like, but it's been incredible. You know, I was able to buy a house as a single mom and Ingrid's, I mean, has been able to support, she and her husband, oh God, they've done. So I'm taking, I mean, a lot of um, female artists, you know, it's hard to say that they can take care of a family. I'm grateful that I have, it takes a, it takes a village. So I've got you Isabella helping with my social media, my husband, he's my partner. We, he does everything, we work together, so it's been a wonderful evolution. And when, when my father when our father was alive, my dad saw our success. Mm-hmm. He saw my success and he, he even said he because he was so proud. It made me feel good before he passed on that he knew that you know,' um, you, can't, you can go after your passion and your goals and what your purpose is here and you can be successful, but it's nice to have a helping hand.
1: I wanted to go back quickly to something that that Sybil said. How you were thinking about selling the gallery, right? And then something. So, <laughs> in my head, I think your dad was like, "Oh
2: no, 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 no! You keep this." That you know, I. It's just- amazing you say that because I actually we're talking about tarot cards. I have a little box, and I it was I laid down. Should I sell the gallery? And it was kind of questionable, but I don't do them all the time. I just have them there, like. <laughs> But I was—I actually prayed. I said, "Okay, God, you know, Dad included in that prayer. What's our path? Are we should we sell the gallery?" And I'm like, "It's just going to come to us." And all of a sudden, the following week, I get a call to come in because someone walked by the window. The, the gallery was closed. You know, we have our art on display. The lights are on. Has it has you know all this <laughs> decal information about calls if you. And someone said, "How much is that?" How much is that little dog in the window? window. No, it was that, It was a big painting of. It was. It was horses running. It was called at the beach. I gave her the price, and she said, "I'd like to meet you with my husband. You know, tomorrow is that okay? Is, you know, is this inconvenient?" I'm like, "Sounds wonderful." I go in. That moment, I open the door, and this other woman comes in and buys one of Ingrid's beautiful paintings. And then this couple that I'm showing bought my painting, and it was just like, it just kind of seemed to show itself where we're not. We withdrew. Selling the gallery because our success this summer was so astounding. Yes, and it's almost like I don't want to talk about it, but it was. It, it gave us enough understanding that we got to keep this because mm-hmm. we had we made enough money to keep our overhead for the next two years. Ah, the universe provides when it's necessary, and it came forth. And, and so I think the hand of God and our Father was yeah, right there with us. Yeah, I think there's us. always angels helping everyone.
1: You everyone. really have to ask for it. I mean, would you call it? Would you call it your defining moment? That, that, that call that you got that stopped you yes, from selling Yes, that's the amazing account? that
2: you would even, that's absolutely right. And I know this is the name of the, the, the podcast. It really was a defining moment. Boom. And Ingr- exactly, boom, <laughs> dropped the mic. Ingrid's like, and Jay were like, we're all like, just that one, 20 minutes I go in and we get two sales. And, you know, our prices are, are, you know, are up there. You know, it's, we have to price it to make our living. Right. Um, <clears throat> So it's just, it, we're lucky. I mean, and Ingrid, and Ingrid as a collector with her, her collection and her art. Anyways, it's, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. It was defining. Yes. It was a defining moment. Yes, absolutely. I 100%. wanted to go
0: back because, like, I think it's incredible to brag about your success as females. I mean, if you were a male, you bragging about it would be so accepted but
1: <laughs> hey see, we know? make
0: it you know it, and it's not even like you know it's not even bragging like it's they not it's our successful uh, women and be proud of it and I think it's so inspiring to young artists and um my cousin Sybil's daughter is in art school she's an amazing artist and I think it's so inspiring to see that you can be a female artist and still support your whole family so I kind of want it you know all the success I'm curious if you can go back and explain like how it all started and were you successful from the beginning, kind of your struggles? like What was that moment when you made your first you know, piece, um, just the beginning? So we'll,
2: we'll start with Sybil. For yeah. me it was because I had started, I did three horses, three paintings, and I brought one over for Thanksgiving to the house. Ingrid looked at it, she kind of held it up. She put it near the centerpiece. She says, I'm going to bring this to the gallery. And a week or two later I come in and, Jay, your father hands me a, a, a Sharpie marker. He goes, you need to sign that. And I'm like, okay, but I already did on the back. He's like, well, the client would appreciate that. And I'm like, what? He goes, we sold it. It's Aww. going to a it's going to a restaurant in Florida or Miami. And so I remember getting down on my knees. I mean, I do. I do that. Like, it wasn't like, but I just said, thank you. It, it's working. And honestly, when you're doing what you love, I started selling three to four paintings a month right when I started. I didn't look back, but it was also what led up to it. I was doing... Retail. I was away from my daughter. I missed being a mom and being home with her. And I thought, what kind of God would you be if I couldn't be home with my daughter? I'm like, I want to create a business at home, which everyone did in 2020. But it's like, this is back in 2003. I'm like, how can I make this work? And I had a lot of people at the time doubting me. And I'm like, I'm just going to do it. And I'm just going to keep putting it out there. I was putting it in the Aspen clubs. I was putting it in fundraisers. I was, like, putting my art out there. And it just – people kept calling me. And Ingrid was telling me of her ideas, and I'll let her speak. No, and – well, so I thought, well – Sorry, I'm going to interrupt. So for
0: Sybil, um, she mentioned that they sold the first piece. My Ingrid and Jay, her husband, they had a gallery before, and then Sybil – Started making pieces as a single mother, which I want to put out there because that's also incredible. Yes. Um, sorry, go ahead. I just want to give no. Some it was so. It
2: was so. So, was so, so, so we. So. You, can I say that your dad and I had a gallery? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in, in Aspen, mother. and um, it was wonderful to show my sister's work. And and I thought I had all these ideas that were swarming my head, but I thought I thought had put being an artist off. But then I saw my sister doing, it and I thought. Well, hell, if she can do it, damn it, so can I. <laughs> and and I, I actually had someone say to me, Oh, it must be nice to have your sister have a gallery in Aspen so you can sell your work. I'm like, No, I'm not standing by those paintings that are now selling in Utah and in Montana. I actually started branching out because I didn't want Jane Inger to carry the burden. They were supportive. We're not and they had carrying the, the burden. I know, but they it. were actually carrying, I know, but you also had amazing artists there. And I, I had to be very careful. Like, I was like, going, I wanted to find more galleries to represent me and it was saying okay where else can I go And it was from your gallery clients came to me and they said oh you should try this gallery in this location so I kind of wanted to make it happen and dad was alive then and he was making the boards and dad was saying you know, try some other galleries too so you know it, it it was just kind of like it just kind of evolved, evolved. It did. and it and, did. I, and it you were you were the beginning of it you were the most incredible like start for me because it was like Okay, I believed you. in you. Yeah, that's what you do. It was that's my what first, family? Does. My first show was there, but it, it, but then people can think, oh, because his family. Well, then I had to go out on my own. It, but it's just word of mouth. Um, you know, we artists they grab ideas, they grab things in the universe, and they say, how can I put it into the physical world? And so the the ideas that I had were pretty. Um, um, it was it was challenging, and and thank God for your for Jay, my husband. He said. What are the ideas? I, said, I want to take images from the past. I want them to float like apparitions, and I want them to bring them back in a new way. Because I always felt like a lot of these beautiful paintings from the past, we get you know they're in beautiful they're in homes, and a lot of people don't see them, or they're tucked away in storage. And so that I was there's just thousands and thousands of gorgeous paintings, and I wanted. And there's so many, I mean, it's so, my pieces are very involved, but they're shadow boxes, but they're about women, honoring women or people that have gone through hard times against all odds and bring forth. And they are also about people that are inspirational to me, about royalty, about women that lived in gilded cages. And we think they were, they had a beautiful life, but I started reading about their lives and I wanted to set them free, if you will. So I use a lot of things that were inspiring to me. I grabbed great artists, great poets, great composers. So my, work i won't get into all the details but it's a mix of a lot of that inspiration and she was telling me this on hikes before and i was like how are you gonna do what this? what are you with... gonna do and was like i have these ideas and oh, by the way when i always started painting the horses i I was working at I was managing you know, all these high-end stores from Ralph Lauren to Todd's. I was working full-time jobs and it was fine. It, I was blessed to have that, but I'd call you and I was you know, what's selling out there? I'm like, I really want to paint. and Just try this. And you're like, oh, poetry. People love words. People like movement. And then I was really in love with horses and we're in the West. And I was looking at Joe Ando and Michael Kessler. This guy, Ke- Michael Kessler? No, there was a, he was he photographed. Horses and I just was so in love with horses. And That was old. my first subject. But then, yeah, so been, we've gone so far. I mean, it's been twenty years now. Amazing, so. right? Oh my god! But thank God, modern technology was available to, available to me at that time because Dad was able to help me. Sorry, I'm saying Dad. Can I say that? You sure can. Yeah, Dad was able to help me find that that idea and get it out into the real into reality into the real world, to the physical world, and the images floated and. Um, it's been evolving ever since. I've been using that technique, um, that genre, that and that's sort of. I've tied it in through my work. And I'm, my work's always evolving. Right now, I'm doing a Buddha series, but that was my first show. was in 2007 at the gallery. And yes, I used what I had available to me. So.
0: And you sold out of everything, which is awesome. I think that's really
2: cool. Yeah, that was. I
0: remember that as a kid. That was. Yeah, that
2: was fun. It was. It was wonderful. We bought the pieces, and we didn't even hang them on the wall yet. And I remember Irina saw one of Ingrid's first pieces, and she was crying. I, I remember that.
1: I remember. I remember it was like you a
2: came. Swan or something. Yeah. I don't remember. It know.
1: was. It was either a flower or a swan. I remember. I was, I was there au pair back in two thousand and from two thousand and five to two thousand and. Seven. I was here for a year and a half, and twenty years later, I'm still here, not in a pair. But, <laughs> and I remember Ingrid came from her studio, and I was coming, and we were in the hallway in their home, and she said, "I have to show you something. I have to show you something." And so I went, and I saw the first um, the first piece that Ingrid did, which still till this day I remember, and I'm so grateful that I have been the part of your creative live because I've been with you and I, you know, with, with Sybil, I mean, you are always here and around, right. And I, I have, I don't know if you remember, I have one of your horses, the little one that you gave me at Aspen Farmer's Market, the horse, and it's in my kitchen and I walk by it and I love it because I also love love horses. Um, (laughs) so yeah, it's nice to be with creative people from the beginning. And I have to thank you and Jay for inspiring me and waking the creativity in me. But enough about me. I wanted to dig a little bit deeper with you if I can. But I wanted to ask a question about your dad. And you said, I remember watching watching him burn the work. And you said, I don't want to ever be this. This is very dark. And I think it was for both of you, right? So, yeah. And now both of you are amazing, accomplished artists. So how, where was the defining moment, and we're going to start with you, Ingrid, and then go to Sybil, but where was the defining moment for you um, where you like, I think I, think I got to do this. I think I, 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 you know. Didn't get me all upset. <laughs> it's, hey, this is moments that define us. We cry here. We laugh. We joke. We call each other
2: out. Right, Bella? And yes. I'll tell you who it was. It was my twin because I saw how I saw her creating and she had no fear and she just started doing it and she and she was making a success at it and you know even though we had a gallery in Aspen you know we we it, there's hard times and boy those landlords like to charge you a lot of money so we were it was it's tough but I thought I want to go into that path and I saw how successful my sister was and I thought you know that was a, such a that was a turning moment where I thought, if she can do it, I can do it too. And I thought, I'm going to go in with my ideas. And then I had my husband say, oh, I can help you with this. Let's, let's figure this out. And then, then I kind of tucked myself away for about a year or two to break, bring, the, bring the ideas forth. And um, my first show was in 2007. And um, like I said, this whole show sold out. And I was grateful. I thought, I found what my purpose is. And I'm realizing I can do this and make it, as, make it a success. And um, <coughs> then it just unfolded from there. So that, it's yeah, amazing. it was my so, twin. That's why I have my twin. You listen, you listen to. She follows me. I was born first. She pushed me out of the way. We're going t- gonna gonna to talk about that. It. I'm like, you're going with me to Europe to model. So but see, that I'll never forget. When that, I, we uh, were 17 years old, I'm like, you're going with me to Europe And to I model. wanted to be a nurse. I was going to go to In nursing school. I dragged her with me to Switzerland, Italy. Boo hoo. We were on the runway. We had so much fun. It was challenging. It was very it was challenging. It a great experience, but, wow, oh, boy, do so we you have, have stories. Had, can we can write a book. Yeah, we have stories.
1: so we I know there's so many so they were models and they did all these things together twinsies things but Sybil if you can also talk about your defining moment when when was it for you you're like I've gotta I've gotta like was it was it something you saw was it something oh my god
2: it was so it was my daughter she was um she could barely talk she i think she was about 2 and she was in bed at night and it was dark i was putting her to bed and she looked at she goes, mom do you see the horses and i was like oh my god and i had just started thinking i can manifest this i'd light a candle i'm going to i want to be a i want to be a mother and an artist and i was never a mother or an artist i mean i was and i became a mother and now i'm an art i want to be an artist so it was like i kept talking about it, and i kept thinking one what, what should the subject be and being in the West, I was thinking about the idea. So she says this to me, and I'm like, huh. and then you know, and then I started painting. And actually, one of our first clients was um, the the Cesar, uh, no, um, Orzacs He bought it, one of my first horse paintings, my first painting. Um, so the defining moment was my daughter kind of confirming it in a in a spiritual way. She mm-hmm. says, "Mom, do you see the horses?" Then they went off to sleep. I was like, well, "That was amazing." You know, how there how voices and thoughts you and put And messages. I mean, we both have been it. very spiritual, you know, we're very like we we have the tendency to just believe that there's an angel on our shoulder. I mean, because it's kinda like there always has been. There's been times in our lives where, you know, it's it's been really like it's kinda scary like when we were in europe modeling and we didn't have a place to live and we had to sleep in the the train station and then we got a hotel room because we knew someone from the agency and then they provided an apartment for us for we just things always kind of happen you know i think so many of us have that those experiences but you know the universe provides and then hears us yeah but i think in the way it's (laughs) like I mean, the most important thing for me has always been home and family and, Mm -hmm. you know, providing was, and how do you provide and still have a lifestyle where you can enjoy outdoors and be home for your kids. And it's like being an artist was pretty phenomenal, man. It happened. It's like, thank you so much. perfect. What you just described is
1: perfect to be outside, to be for your kids, to travel, to not have to depend on a nine, nine to five job, you know, oh, can I request this time off? Oh, no, you can because... Mary Smith is requesting it. And right. We like,
2: both did that so long. I mean, we, we worked the nine-to-five job. I wasn't born, like, we. our parents were very creative thinkers. Like they, that wasn't kind of what we, but we had to do it. Mm-hmm. All of us have to do it. You know, it's like, maybe or maybe not. Okay, let's try maybe not. Go that way. Right, yeah. because most people don't realize that that's an option, so it's yeah. so cool. Because you end up having freedom, and then you're so happy, and because of it, it just, it just yeah. multiplies. And that's really when, when I took that road to become an artist. I think fear comes into play for a lot of people. And, and when you let that go, and that was one thing our father and our mom thought, don't have fear, just go after it. And when you put that aside, anything is possible. And uh, and you have to believe in yourself, have a strong power and a higher in a higher power in believing that anything can happen once you put your mind to it. I think you always know. I mean, like, even when I were young, I mean, it wasn't until I hit 39, 40 that I was like I was a true artist. It, it happened when I was 36. I had my daughter at 36. Mm-hmm. Up to that time, I was working in New York for Ralph Lauren, which I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But I still had the always one person who was tough on me, Really, and then, and then the 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 hours that I put in, and then I moved to you know Colorado and still worked full time. She came out to my wedding. Up from English wedding, well, never left. But, but you know what, Eva Cellini, that was one of my dear friends, she's passed now, God rest her. She was an amazing Hungarian artist and she was such an inspiration for me. But she said, English, she goes, You said you were, you became an artist at this time. She said, But you are always an artist because even though you're not physically doing the work, you're thinking about it all the time. She goes, And that's the beginning of a creation because it's the idea that's coming inside you. And you know, whether she goes, But we're a vessel. That's what artists are. We're a vessel to Set forth those inspirations that come to us and set them free. And she said, "You have this idea." And then when I started creating my ideas, she said that was always there. She says, "Now you're bringing it forth." And there's a lot of people who want to be artists. You have to come up with the whole package, from wiring the back to presenting it to when a customer buys it. They want to put it in their house. It's like someone buying a beautiful blazer. It's complete. They can put it on. They can they wrap it up. They leave the store and they walk out. And, and that's the same thing too. Where we're, business, all the things I've done before this were we're only leading up to like the complete package of the product because I still see it as a product i had to make sure that product would be durable enough in florida and sustain dryness in the in the in the in the West. You know, it's like the the fibers or I'm sorry, the uh, the paints and the the resins and the things that we used. we had a test product to. Figure well, this that out. was and that was so our dad had a frame shop growing up, so we learned a lot. I learned a lot about archival mater, materials, which is what I put into my work because mm-hmm. uh, I use real butterflies. So what's you know, archival? Archival is materials like certain glues that you can use or certain um, certain adhesives that I have to use in my work. You know my work, mm-hmm. so it's like so I had to make sure that they're archival but They last well at least gotcha. my lifetime. Um, and That was something Grandpa taught us. I love listening to your stories. It's so inspiring to
1: um, to hear to hear creative people.
2: Some people, are, I just to say, something. some people are afraid. Like, what? I started in the in the bathroom, the spare little bathroom in the bathtub. I was pouring resin. I was making, getting it. I was making a mess. But it's like they're like, oh, I need a place to do this. I had to find a small space, and create something. And and then it just kind of grew from there. And Then I went to the garage. I kind of expanded into the garage. And then you're just you, you just got to just do it. You, you just know? got to do it. Don't say oh I, if and if I had this if I had that. I had the garage. Had no air conditioner, no heat, and I was working in the middle of the winter, and I didn't care. And I remember one, another artist friend came by, and he said to me, he goes, and I put a whole, my first whole show. He goes, you did your whole show. It was like was it? It's like eight foot by eight foot. He goes, you did your whole show in here. I said, yeah, he goes, because he has this colossal um, studio. And I was like, I said, I didn't care. I go, I'm just so grateful to have my cave to create and do what I need to let out. I said, eventually, you know, we moved into the kids' playroom. But anyways, Can I, This so. is
1: something amazing that you said, Ingrid. And this is to anybody who is creative. Um you don't have to have the latest and the greatest and the most expensive thing. If you want to do it, you find the way to do it. Yes. And if you don't want to do it, say, well, I need another 20 grand to buy this amazing paintbrush or this amazing camera to be a photographer or this amazing this, that, or the other. You can be that. If you have an idea, go after it. Don't wait
2: until that whatever that you think needs to happen. That's right. what our dad did. He was mixing house paints. I mean, he was just mixing whatever putty to make his, you know, his designs, his abstracts in, in Dallas. You know, there are rules in art, and I thought to myself, uh-uh. I'm not going to follow those rules. I'm going to create what I'm going to create, and I, I was like a mad scientist in my studio, and I've created things. I mixed toxic things together. Thank God I had a mask. But it was like, how do you know what you, what's not going to what, what is going to work? And uh, so, anyways, it's, it's our father was also an inventor mm-hmm. and a lunatic. And I felt felt the apple didn't fall too far from the tree because I started going. my studio. I thought, how can I make this image float? Or how can I create water? And these are toxic materials, but let's see if it works. And so I did a lot of experimenting. Um, and people that were artists or people that you know would take classes say, you can't mix those together. And I'm like, that's why I don't take classes. Because how do I know unless I create it myself? You know, how, how do If you take lessons sometimes, sometimes it stops you from growing and expanding as an inventor.
1: I think that's so true. I think that's so true because to me, art is such a... Self-taught. Yeah, you're right. Like...
0: Well, and it like puts a barrier between you and whatever creative thing you're doing because you're like, oh, I have to do it this and this way and I don't know how, it doesn't make sense. You don't do it. You
1: can look at this. So we are sitting here by Ingrid's piece, right? And somebody can look at this like, I don't understand this, it's not. So if somebody says, maybe somebody doesn't like abstract or doesn't understand or whatever. So then that's it. That's the judgment and, and that means that piece is bad. You know what I mean? I don't know. I think everybody have different idea about art. Either that's a sculpture, or a painting, or a poetry, a book. I mean, so I think it's
2: yeah. I, I don't know. It's that's go- the challenge of that's the, that's the challenge as an artist, and you know, to create some. Sometimes it's fun to create new ideas and things like that. Anyways, it's it always it's, 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 it's ongoing. It's, it's, it's an like evolution. It's, and that's and the thing is this now we're at a place where here we are painting it in our studios and and, and coming up with these ideas and then putting them into our gallery that we own and we're showing our work. is kind of like. It it feels like a merit in our life to be we're fifty eight years old now and and to know that we've worked so hard doing everything from retail to experiencing a childhood where you know you probably can't do this because you can't do well at it to you know watching both of our brothers who are who passed on struggle with their own you know demons and addictions and 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 having you know the loss of our dad you know a sudden bout of cancer and within months he was gone. You know, it just was having so much love and watching him artistically. We just kind of like, all of a sudden we're like, I feel like we're both really at peace because we can create in a beautiful way. And the thing that we know is that our art sells. And this is my husband said, so He goes, he goes so because he he's more of a, he's a CPA. He's very black and white. He's like, <laughs> he goes, it just kind of amazes me. He goes, he goes but you, he goes, eh, you always sell something. And you're right. Someone may look at it and go, uh-uh. But the next person's like, oh, I it. I really would like to buy that piece, you know, and, and for me, I'm always very happy to work with the clients, um, you know, as far as prices. Um, and it's, it's just kind of a blessing. Every single sale I have, I have dated um, in a book, you know, of course, I keep every, everything's inventory. Mm-hmm. So I know where every painting has gone. So when I die, I'm going to go visit them all. Well, Bella, should we go to a little fun site of the
1: twins? Yes, and have them talk about Twins, life, and yeah,
0: like, modeling. What was it like having a twin as a child?
2: Okay, so I'm going to tell the story. And I wrote a little thing to, to Sybil. It was called What If. And we were about two years old or three years old. We were living in Rockledge Drive, about three. And our mom, three or four. Yeah. Okay, we were out front in the yard on the driveway. Jumping rope. Jumping rope. And we were playing, and our mom was inside preparing lunch for us. And I remember this black gangster car backed up into our driveway. We didn't know. We are just like, oh, look. This. I still remember. It. I still can see the picture of the car backing up. And there were there was a couple in there, I guess a husband and wife. I don't know. It was a woman and a man. And the man had this disgusting like mole on his forehead like it was hairy and just he just looked so weird and he was sitting in the passenger seat that's what i remember and his wife was sitting in the driver's seat and she had a toy train if that's, that you recall, I remember a toy train, and they opened the door, the passenger door, and Sybil, You know, I always said she's got the chutzpah, she's got the ball. She just walks right over, and I felt, and I felt very timid. And I was like, but she I kind of followed her, and they said,
0: you saw them all, and you were. Like, I was oh, like, I was looking not. at him, he's
2: looking at me, and he saw. I looked right <laughs> into his eyes. I thought. This does not feel right. I was just listening to Saw my that. gut. And he just looked at me. And, he, and so he goes, hi, how are you? And they were like handing the toy. Would you like the toy? So Sybil, as my twin, is reaching over to grab it. I see the man looking at me. And I thought, something's about to happen. All of a sudden, from God, it was beautiful. My mom screams out, lunchtime, girls. And I was like, so Sybil jumps back out of the, of the car. She was like halfway in. I think he was going to grab her. It was going to be some kind of kidnapping. I know, and I sensed it, and the universe was saying, This just can't happen in this life because we have to be together. You know, Sybil, I knew it. And so Sybil goes, Oh, well, would you like to join us? You know, being polite. And we're like, so we, we, they're like, okay. They're like, the the, and so Sybil and I ran into the house, the front door, and we, mom, we have some people here. My mom was like, what? She got very upset, and she went running out. And I remember we got outside again. We looked out, and the car was down at the end of the block, because we were like in a, a cul-de-sac area, corner yeah. corner, yeah, corner block, and we just saw the car way ahead. They had pulled out, and they were, you know, going to take my sister. So I said, I always, I wrote this thing, The so civil said, what if, what if my, if our mom didn't call us at that particular moment? And. Ingrid and I have had amazing, um, challenges like, of being twins and we tested our, our psychic abilities. We went into different rooms and we would, we had just seen the movie, um, so the man with the iron mask and there's a scene where he's being kidnapped and they're putting a paper sack over his head and he's being put on a horse. So I'm describing this and Ingrid's on the other side, and my and I think we were doing it with our friends, and they were like, "Oh my God, they can read each other's minds." But we always had this natural te- telepathy. We wear the same colors. We still do it now. Like we will show up at the we're gallery. Like, I'm like, she has the same color shirt. We'll on. have these intuitive thoughts. We'll talk about things. Come kind of like, and we're like, okay, this is just natural. This is normal. And like, so then we start sharing with other people, and they're like, e- "You little cuckoo!" No, that's not really true. But we're like, well. But, Ingrid and I have had some pretty interesting experiences. It's been pretty amazing, but you just learn to kind of put it on a shelf and then it's there um, and to use it in a way that's helped our lives. I mean, family, children, when you're sick, you know, guides. You know. We, 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 and we, just, we were always there for each other. We always were each other's therapists. Um, growing up in a home with artists, both my mother and my, our father was a manic depressant. He was very emotional, it was very intense sometimes. As well as my mother, our mother, um, she's she's very psychic. She has she has all these special abilities, and, and you know, so we we grew up. It was a nice lot of Jewish energy. Drama. There was a lot of energy in our house, and so sometimes there were lots of uh, there was drama at oh, times and drama. Yeah. And so we would, Sybil and I would just <laughs> would sit and talk to each other for hours. We were like each other's therapist. Growing up, <laughs> it was nice to have her. It's it's always great. We always I feel when we Sybil and I talk all the time. And when I don't talk to her, I know sometimes I call and she's like, well, what do you want? You just called me. I'm like, oh, we just it's it's this friendship that you, that we have.
0: We're going to take a break to give a shout out to our favorite sponsor. Ingrid D. Magidson is a world renowned international artist based in Aspen, Colorado. She creates layered mixed media and abstract art. She's inspired by the beauty and nature and pieces from the Renaissance era. We are thrilled to have Ingrid D. Maggotson as our sponsor, and we encourage you to support her incredible work. If you want to learn more about this artist, go visit her at www.ingridmaggotson.com. Again, that's www.ingridmaggotson.com. Now let's get back to the show. Um, Ingrid,
1: can you... Tell a story about your dad when he found
2: out he was having twins, because oh. that's an amazing story. Oh, thank you. I love that. It was such a wonderful thing. Thanks for asking. So every birthday, our dad would say this tell us the same story. And it goes like this. He's like, I remember when we were in the hospital at Baylor Hospital in Texas, Dallas, Texas. And he comes the doctor comes out and says to me, oh, You have a beautiful little girl. And our dad was so excited because he had two boys previously. And they only, when my mother was pregnant with us, she, they only heard one heartbeat. and It was an identical heartbeat. It was a very strong heartbeat, so they assumed it was another boy. Mm-hmm. And also our father had two brothers growing up, so he never really had girls around him. There wasn't that. So he always, he did, he wanted he wanted girls. So he was so excited. So the doctor said, he comes, he leaves, and he comes back around, and he swings back out the door, and he says to our father... So by the way, what should I do with the other one? And my dad's like, "What?" He was like so confused. So he goes, "You had twins," and he passed out. So they had to get him smelling salt. I just love that. But he said something that was so profound. So after he said that, he goes, "You two will never know what it's like to be alone." Oh. And 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 it's true. That's so beautiful. Oh. True. Oh, beautiful twins. We were given a gift in this lifetime. They said because you did something good in your past, that's how you get twins. I was like, oh, that's so. It's such a nice thought. Someone told someone told us that. Yeah, no, it's it's that twins. You never that.
1: know what it's like to be alone.
0: Speaking of being twins, do you have any funny stories where you could fool people because you were twins, or like? I have a great story. Yeah.
2: And I have to thank my sister. She was very studious in school. Ingrid was amazing. She, and I, I kind of would be drifting in the, uh, the clouds. So in third grade, it was Christmas break. It was about to come up. And Ingrid had just finished taking her test, social studies. And they were going in to lunch. And then afterwards, they were going to have this great Christmas party. I was going to take my cl- test in my class after lunch and I asked her if she could please take the test for me because I knew she was more smart about this stuff. She could; she, I knew she would pass it. Of course she did. She traded and no one, the teachers didn't know. And she aced it for me. And I was in her class partying, drinking Kool-Aid, and
0: eating <laughs> I Christmas was cookies. was so upset. And she was so, she
2: was looking at me snarling. But I still don't know to this day how I got her to do that. She said, she said, well, because I did the test so i did a test in the morning and they had a party and then she had asked me and i was like and we started laughing she said it'll be fun and i was like yeah i wonder if they'll know it and i it was it was the challenge that was funny for us because teachers were laughing because they they didn't know and so we switched and i did it for her but then i was like kind of like god i missed out on having my holiday party and then then, (laughs) then fast forward like like we're in high school and we're at a club <clears throat> and there was this Ingrid, like this blonde guy, and she was too shy to go over. I said, I'll just go over there and just say I'm um, Ingrid and give him my number, if you, should he ask. Sure enough, you know, we met, or he, Ingrid, Ingrid you know, they met, and uh, he called and asked for Ingrid. And it was. So you pretended was, to be Ingrid. I and pretended go over to, in to be Ingrid to give this guy her number <laughs> and her name. <laughs> and. uh... Do you yeah. ever go on like double dates and like. We did that one time. We time, we went on double days with some friends from, from high school and we were laughing because we had stopped off at, to go to a restroom and we started laughing. I said, let's just switch clothes and, and switch on the dates. We just did that for fun because it was just something that we just liked to do. That's well, so funny. I did mean, they we, catch on? Yeah. we. I mean, <laughs> eventually, I think, but it was just like, it was just, you know, silly things like that. We I'll would, never forget her taking that one test for me and then... that I remember that. But then the twin thing, I know you were talking about Europe where we were modeling. They played on that because we had this Barbara Streisand look, and they had us on runways with like I would be wearing pleather, and it would be wearing the real leather. They would do comparisons and, oh, fun. And, and and magazine ads, and then like can you tell the difference? So they used the twins for for a lot of that kind of comparison. Was that one ad where we're wearing Cashmere. a pink dress? Like it was like I was wearing a Valentino outfit, and um, and she had the imitation outfit on. They said which one is the two thousand dollar one, and which one is the two hundred dollar one. It was that was always fun. We did it in the Dallas Morning News or Dallas, uh, yeah. and also Texas Monthly did some things. We did, we did you know a lot of layouts with that.
0: Oh, that's you know, fun. That was always fun.
2: Yeah, the twin thing kind of was fun in the fashion world for us. We were able to do a lot on the runway, and we like to dance, so we would kind of move and dance together. And you know, we grew up. That was. Our first job kind of it was I mean we were we were modeling Mod- modeling was your first job yeah we were I mean together as twins we were modeling when we were 14 we got asked to do uh, fashion shows and well remember the so Sybil and I were in a mall uh-huh. And we were 13 going on 14. How and, and, and I'm a sorry, man, Ingrid.
1: How is everybody gets discovered in the mall? I feel like I know, back, right? back, back in, in the old like, days, right? because <laughs> everybody's like... <laughs>
2: remember? Yeah, Tom, no, Tom, actually, Tom's we were mall. 15 going Such on 16, because we had to be legal to go into the club. No, we weren't legal yet. Yeah, so our mom and dad had to be there. We were at Feathers at the Dallas... hot, uh, Hi- Hi- Yeah, it was the Hyatt Regency Hotel off of the Highway 75. That was our first modeling job. And our parents had to be with us. And we were modeling. They wanted us to do... Yeah, we got discovered at a mall. Wow. Richardson Square Mall, or was it? Oh, North Park Mall. And yeah, there was a gentleman. He he was he was our. Kind of like our Mark's agent. Story. Mark Stone. Mark, Mark Stone. Stone or something. I don't know. He, he became our agent for a while. He's probably not around anymore. Yeah. Okay. So you He's are like in the whatever. mall doing shopping with your our parents, mom. your yeah. mom. And then what? The guy comes to you? Yeah, he says, he goes, would you guys like to be models? And we were like, okay. We just sort of, we, we did a few things with, with a certain agencies. There's one called Kim Dawson agency was a very big agency in Dallas as well as Sarah Norton. We worked with these agencies. Okay. But, um, but he said, I want to use you guys as, um, for some dancing and things like that. So. We agreed to that, and we actually started working with. We, we were called Davidson's Double Trouble, and it was what was his first that name? Was Davidson's Dynamic Duo? It was Scotty Davidson? Scotty Davidson. <laughs> he was dating one of the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, and um, Debbie Causey. Debbie Causey. She was a she was the long blonde, quintessential Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. Yes. she was on the, in the poster. She was the center one. And so he back in the seventies. Yeah, and he was a great dancer, and so that he. So our agent. Well, started we were modeling and dancing, and Scotty noticed us and said, "Would you like to?" And it was when dancing was a popular thing. It was when Saturday Night Fever came out and dancing, you know, on the disco floor. But this person was doing fashion shows and representing beautiful boutiques in Dallas, and had about a, about a dozen models, and they would go out and kind of do a dance and model the clothes, and that's how we got discovered. And we were So we gave mall. a dance. So we were dancing at that. And then we got discovered by Scotty, who approached us and said, can I make you guys my partner? So we were on either side of him. And we would do these great sets together. Um, one was with her through the grapevine. We were doing... Olivia Newton-John. and I mean, just, just like old, you know, 50s and 60s and 70s. But we <clears throat> were doing some serious dancing. And, and we were asked to travel to Mexico. We did... We... we, 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 we we Traveled and we were, we were mom dads. would come yeah, with us. Yeah, our mom was with us. I mean, yeah, we had interesting fun things, fun things. I mean, and then you went to Switzerland, right? We went well, to high, high school. That was, high, yeah, high school. We, we, we modeled through high school. We were in a lot of music videos. We did things for Bobby Sue, the song by um, what's the name of the group? Um, I can't remember any of that. Oh. Well, it doesn't matter, but we, we did but country, we, a lot of country songs. We, did, we were in two country videos and um, a lot of runway. And then we went, after high school, we took off to Italy. We modeled in Italy. We, we, we did runway. We were doing, I mean, you mentioned that earlier. And then we went to Switzerland, which we actually felt more grounded there. Yeah. And there was an agent there called The Foot again, Susie Miller. And we did a lot of um, beautiful editorial and magazines. Sybil got to model for Ferragamo. I remember that. She got got to work in... Oh, that was in Florence. Yeah.
0: Oh, can you please share the story of how... Because you're twins and you got asked to be singers, right? And then...
2: Oh, we, were, we were doing so well as dance as models. <laughs> this is my favorite. This is great. Yeah, and then they asked us to sing. That our agent had us in the car. And he asked us to sing a song. We started singing, and he said, "No, <laughs> yeah, it was like stick no. to dancing, stick to dancing." He was to like dancing and modeling. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, don't invite me I, karaoke. <laughs> it I can was, do. We were the bad karaoke. That's right. We we did karaoke commercials. You're right. Here. We were the bad ones. <laughs> we were the we were the bad. We were the really bad singers. So
1: both of you don't have a singing voice. No, but we're very
2: creative.
1: <laughs> we can paint. You can paint, yeah. There you go. Don't ask the twins to sing, but they can God, dance no. and they
0: can paint.
1: Yeah, can shake um,
0: booty. Can I ask them about, okay, this is a little off topic. I know in Texas you guys lived on a house that was on a burial ground? Yes. Did you ever experience anything spooky?
2: Yes. So sybil and i lived it was in texas it was greenview circle and uh growing up i remember when they were digging the pool i remember they came across a lot of bones and things like that i remember they that was discovered and i arrowheads arrowheads and things like that it was a burial site Mm -hmm. um sybil and i would hear noises in the middle of the night um things that were not of this world and we you just it was just we sensed it because we're very in tune to that other side and um, there was a situation when our parents were out of town, and I had to go back to the house one night. It was a two-story house, and I was looking for—I think I was looking for you. We were down visiting, remember the Hillers? And I was going back, and all the lights were off, but the front door was open. And so I thought maybe someone was inside, or there our brothers were—I don't remember. But all I know is I heard someone run across the, the, the hallway upstairs, and I heard this giggling, like it's High pitched giggling, and I thought it was my brother Peter probably playing a joke on us. And I heard a door slam in his side. Sorry, I'm getting chills. And then I heard another door slam, which was his at the attic door was connected to his. And I heard a lot of rustling, and I thought that was, I thought, and I started going upstairs, and I heard it come running. I thought that's not my brother Peter, and that's not, that's not human up there. That's that's an that's an entity or something. It was so. I would start and I froze, my hairs on me stood up. I'll never forget that sound of that laughter. It was almost kind of eerie and high pitch. And I will never forget that. And I went running outside and just running down the block. And, and, I, and I found out later that both my brothers were actually visiting a friend. They were never there. It wasn't them because I, I thought it was them playing a joke. Oh. Maybe it was them playing a joke, but, but things would happen. I remember when I would wake up sometimes in the middle of the night, I would go into a trance and I walk around the house. There were there was an energy there that was intense, kind of dark, and my mom sensed it too, and so did my dad. I think there was a lot of energy there that was pretty intense. I
0: think I, it was well, just us Americans have just like taken over these Native American grounds, and it was probably yes. a sacred land that wasn't supposed to be. I agree. Buried. Yeah, I agree.
2: That's it was. It was spooky. a. There was a lot of heavy, heavy negative energy there. Well, ladies, so to wrap up
1: our episode, we like to do the speed round. So we tell you a word and you just say
0: what comes to your mind. Okay. Okay. So the first word is creativity, Sybil.
2: Daughter, paint. A
0: agree.
2: spiritual calling.
0: Motherhood. Love.
2: Completeness.
0: Spirituality,
2: Ingrid. Uh, oh, spirituality, um, a calling. Yeah, just one pets, animals, Buddha, Lizzie, my, my dogs, <laughs> positive energy in the house. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Oh,
1: my gosh. Thank you so much for being here with us, for for coming and doing this with us, for supporting us. It means so much to me. I became part of your family, and I'm so grateful for everything, for your inspiration, for your words of wisdom, for... Um, Ingrid can talk to me on the phone and listen to me talk about stuff, and she gives me good advice. I'm very grateful for you and your family and your home, and Sybil, as another twin, I love you and I'm so grateful to know you. And uh
0: just keep doing what you're doing. We need more people like you with Thank good you energy.
2: Thank you so much. This was Thank you. Fun memory lane. Okay. Yeah,
0: it was fun. I think it's so awesome to have such inspiring women in my life. You know, both of you. You make me cry. I'm I'm so proud of you and and I, Irina. You know. It's just because I was thinking about it. Um, even with Bridget and my brother, you. We don't go after the typical nine to five job, and you guys have both proved that that's possible. Mm-hmm. So, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being on here and supporting us. I love you both. We
2: love you too. So proud of you guys.
0: And on this note, from beautiful Carbondale, Colorado,
1: thank you for listening to us and for supporting us. You can follow us at Moments That Define Us on TikTok and Instagram, and you can email
0: us at Moments That Define Us at gmail.com. And we will have both of their websites linked in the description. So you can go see both of their artwork as well and go give them
1: a follow. Give them a follow and support the art by the art. And uh, yeah.
0: thank Thank you you. so much. Bye. Bye.